This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double G 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Uh, Jamie, University of Texas uh, made their uh, decision on a new basketball coach. And it's uh, the guy that they've uh, been employing as an interim coach. Um, Rodney Terry uh, has agreed to be the school's full-time coach. His deal is for five years. He turned 55 yesterday, so happy birthday to him. Oh, no, that's a nice, nice little uh, raise on his birthday. I would think so, right? Right. They, uh, mm-hmm. they won the Big 12 uh, Conference Tournament Championship. Uh, they made a big run. In the Elite Eight, uh, their season ended Sunday night. They lost to Miami, 88-81. to Had real opportunities to uh, to win that game and advance on to the Final Four for the first time since 2008. He uh, was an assistant last year on uh, Chris Beard's staff there at Texas and then uh, became the interim uh, after all the problems in December with uh, Beard's arrest, et cetera, et cetera. He had previously been a head coach at Fresno State and UTEP. And I don't know that there's a question of can he coach. Maybe the the question for him is can he recruit uh, to that level. Uh, players certainly seem to love him. And maybe with what uh, you know transpired for him uh, this past year will make him uh, endearing to you know potential recruits. You would think with everything they've got going on down there with with their facility, with their uh, their money, their probably opportunities for NIL, um, you you would certainly think that uh, Texas would consider themselves a very attractive place uh, to go to, and uh, with the success they had, you would think that they'd be able to uh, to attract players. So, uh, I, I just think it'll be real interesting to see where they are three years from now and go, okay, you know, is this. Uh, is this a case of uh, made the right decision, or is this a case of we were really kind of forced to make this decision? We made this decision to make him the head coach. Uh, it didn't work out, and two years later, we're going to be looking for another head coach. Yeah, I find myself, or I found myself rooting for him this season just because A, I thought he did a great job, and B, because I, I wanted <laughs> to make Chris Beard look bad and wanted him to feel the pain of him blowing, having uh, this really quality team that he had put together. Um, uh-huh. Now that he's got the full-time gig and Chris Beard is completely out of the picture or whatever, um, he's the long head coach, so I won't be rooting for him to have success. <laughs> right. Makes perfect sense. It really does. It makes... I, in Jamie's small little mind, is, yes, it does. Yeah, no, it, it, it does. And In fact, I had, uh, and I can't remember who it was yesterday, somebody tell me that they were listening uh, to what you had to say yesterday about him, and um, and they they kind of chuckled at the what you said with regard to rooting for him, so that it would make Chris Beard look bad because Chris Beard left here because he said felt like he had a better chance to win a national championship at Texas, and then um, he his players did, but he didn't because um, he yeah, was no longer I, the coach. I thought, I thought it would have been phenomenal for them to win <clears> one, and Beard to have missed out on it because of you know. His transgressions. His, his behavior, right? Yeah. Hey, 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 let me ask you this, going back to tech baseball for a second, and I, I had this question in my brain that I was going to ask you right away, but let's, let's, I want to go back to it. 
at what point in time will you feel like um, you have confidence in the uh, tech infield and the defense, uh, specifically in terms of making plays and and not making errors? And I mean, because you you went through yet another weekend, two weekends in a row now, where you only gave up one error um, uh, with your baseball team. Were you? Is your confidence gaining on that, or is that something you're like, okay, two good weekends, can we put together a, another good game today, another good weekend, and then you start, you stop kind of worrying about that a little bit? I've already stopped. You have already stopped, okay. That's not, that's not to say that they're not going to make errors mm-hmm. and have struggles. I, I mean, I don't, I don't look at this team and feel like, hey, they're going to lead the country in fielding percentage or anything like that. Um, but, yeah, I, I I assumed it would come together. I think you've solidified things with Tracer Lopez has clearly won the starting shortstop job, um, not just because of what he's he's doing with his glove, but because what he's doing with the bat as well. Um, I just – I think that, you know, the freshmen you knew were going to have some, you know, some, some ups and downs early, and I think they've settled in now. I think the kind of they kicked off the nerves and – here we are in the Big Twelve play a couple series in, and and I feel like everybody knows their role and they're they're you know they're confident and they're taking a breath you know and and I just feel like right now they look like they're they're solid defensively. Again, I don't know that they're going to be world beaters, the best in the country, or anything like mm-hmm. that. But uh, I I think they're fine now. Okay, all right. Well then, but but they'll make some errors. Sure, I mean, like everybody does. Sure, everybody does. sure. But I mean, there was a there was a point. At the beginning of the year, the first, I don't know, 10, 12 games of the year, you had expressed some real concern about about sure. your defense. Sure. And the, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there were probably, you know, questions in in their mind and probably questions in in the coaching staff's mind. I'm like, okay, we're uh, <laughs> we're ready to kind of move along a little bit here and in and, uh, and and maybe I don't know, I don't know if there's a turning point in the season. Or a turning point in a game where somebody makes an incredibly tough play, or maybe they make an easy play, and it just clicks. Or if that confidence is something that is built up over over several games, where it just kind of then eventually leads their mind and like, okay, back to the game is moving at the speed where I saw it in, in high school, and and I'm no longer really you know thinking about it, so to speak, in terms of making a mistake. Probably a little bit of all those things that you talked about there. Okay. Um, Did you see this? This uh, was between the Phillies and the Toronto Blue Jays, and it—I don't know. It seems—it seems silly to me. Phillies catcher J.T. Realmuto stuck his glove back for home plate umpire Randy Rosenberg, and then pulled his glove back as Rosenberg was about to place a ball in it. Rosenberg took offense, and by took offense, immediately ejected Realmuto. With no questions asked, um, so I guess the umpire um, Rosenberg apparently believed Real Muto was making a point because Rosenberg had just u- issued a pitch clock violation to Phillies pitcher K- uh, Craig Kimbrell, and after some arguing and a very dramatic arm-shaking exit for Real Muto, the Phillies uh, replaced him behind the plate with Max McDowell. Uh, Rosenberg is not. A full-time official Major League Baseball umpire. He's a Triple A ump, but works as a fill-in ump uh, for spring training. He worked 39 Major League Baseball regular season games, nine of them at home plate over the past three years. Uh, the crew chief, uh, sh- shockingly, 
um, didn't make Rosenberg available. I say shockingly in jest. He said, he said, did Randy act hastily? I believe Randy felt like the situation warranted an ejection, and that's what he did. I guess he felt like the catcher showed him up. Is that is that kind of what that comes down to? I mean, we'd have to know what was being said between the two, number one. I mean, the the uh, the the catcher puts his glove back there just so the umpire can drop the ball in there and they can throw it back to the pitcher. That way the umpire doesn't have to do it when they need a new ball. But, I mean, if he was – if he put it back there, and, and if there was a pitch clock warning, okay, so so what you're saying now is... There was a pitch clock saying, violation, the, right, the, the uh, catcher uh, puts uh, his glove back there and then pulls it back, just I guess, to show up the ump. He puts it back there to get the ball, and if they were, if the umpire is complaining that they're not taking, or that they're taking too long and they're not moving fast enough, and then the catcher puts his glove back there, and the umpire is not fast enough putting the ball in his glove, so... I think that's his point of, okay, you're complaining to us about being fast, and here you are, can't put the ball mm. in my glove fast enough. So I think that was probably, you know, his way of saying, okay, you're telling us to go faster, and now you, you can't get the ball to me quicker. I'm sure that was the point that was trying to be made. Gotcha. Okay. And, I, I mean, without knowing what they were saying, the two of them were saying, um, you just can't I, can't, I can't be certain whether I think somebody's right or wrong. It doesn't seem I, – I, I don't think it's crazy that the umpire threw him out. I, I mean, not just for pulling the glove back, but obviously it had something to do with what was being said at the time as well. I, I guess I guess my my point in all this or or my question in all this, it just seems – it seems like the umpires are becoming more and more involved in the silliness of things. And um, it, it seems like they're um, – patience or their um, level of, uh, I don't know, sway or whatever. It just seems like it's less and less and less where they want to be a part of the show as opposed to be in the background. That's what it seems like to me. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Today is the 28th day of March. It is also the last Tuesday in March. With this day in sports history, here is Jeff McGuire. Going to start in 1942. The fourth NCAA Men's Basketball Championship finished up. Stanford beats Dartmouth 53-38. to The Cardinals forward Howie Delmar is named the tournament most outstanding player. Eight years later, we'd have the 12th NCAA Men's Basketball Championship on this day. CCNY beats Bradley 71-68. to The City College of New York's first win in the NCAA and National Invitational Basketball Tournament in the same year. See, I think uh, CCNY, Bradley, San Francisco, Cincinnati were blue bloods uh, in their day that are no longer blue bloods. I think all of that would be fair. I don't know about whether they were blue bloods at the time, but they're definitely not now. Well, I mean, they were really successful early on, partly because of where they were, you know, geographically compared to where players were, and now there wasn't much movement to the West until UCLA really got going with their bags of money. (laughs) No, they did. Slow down there. They did. Slow down there. 
Slow down there, KU fans. <laughs> well, the bags of money hadn't gotten to Lawrence yet, okay? But they were in, they were certainly in Westwood. <laughs> they were about to make a pit stop. 1972. Wilt Chamberlain plays his last pro basketball game. Hmm. 1975, the NHL Washington Capitals win their first game on the road after 37 straight road losses. Wow. Good, good, wow. gracious. Wow. 1981, Martina Navratilova beats 16-year-old American tennis prodigy Andrea Yager 6-3-7-6 in the final round of the WTA Tour Championships at Madison Square Garden. 1982, the first NCAA Women's Basketball Championship took place. You know, we had like the 12th in 1950 for the men. Finally got the women going in 1982. Well, they, before they were in this thing called the AIAW, the NCAA finally recognized them. I'm just yeah. saying. Right, no, you're, you're not wrong. You're, you're not wrong. Louisiana Tech beats Cheney 76-62. to 62. The Lady Texters forward mm-hmm. Janice Lawrence is named the tournament most outstanding player. 1990, Michael Jordan scores 69 points. It's the fourth time he scores 60 points in a game. And in 1990... That guy could score. Huh? He could, yeah. Oh, yeah. That guy could score. (laughs) I heard some rumors, yes. And in 1999, the 18th Women's Basketball Championship, Purdue beats Duke 62-45. to It is National Black Forest Cake Day. What is Black Forest Cake? Funny you should ask that, Chuck. Black Forest Cake consists of several layers of chocolate sponge cake sandwiched with whipped cream and Mm. cherries. Mm. Okay, I can get behind that. Jamie? Yeah, it's good. It's not one of my favorite cakes, but it's all right. Yep. Happy birthday to Lady Gaga, who's 37. Reba McIntyre, 68. Julia Stiles, 41. Derek Carr, 32. Kate Goslin is 48. Vince Vaughn, 53. Brian Scott, 62. Uh, and Will Kane is 47. And on this day, in 1979, starting at 4 a.m., the worst accident in U.S. history at the U.S. nuclear-powered industry begins when a pressure valve at Unit 2 reactor at Three Mile Island fails to close. Cooling water contaminated with radiation drained with the open valve into the adjoining buildings, and the core began to dangerously overheat. And that is this day in sports history. All right, 6.50 this morning here on the morning drive. It is uh, Tuesday, so it's great to have you with us. We'll have Red Raider baseball on the air for you this afternoon. A little day baseball as you're out tooling around, either working or picking up kids or just running your uh, your normal route or route, whatever it is that you do. Uh, 2.30, the broadcast time, 3 o'clock first pitch today from the land of enchantment. Do you feel enchanted by being there this morning, Jamie? Do you feel do you feel the land of enchantment kind of just swarming over it's, you? It's really only because I'm getting to talk with you. <laughs> That's really what has me enchanted. Yeah, Santa Fe south of the mountains, right? Am I thinking that correctly? I have no clue. Well, you would have noticed the mountains. Well, we came through a little bit of a mountain right as we got into town, but not not much. Not much. It's not like going to Albuquerque where you're like, oh, look, those are mountains. It's it's really it's really flat. 
hey, kind of drive out here. I, I realize that you're almost you know 20 games into the season, and I have I have been paying attention, but I have you know I have been a little busy with basketball and just with you know it's, it consumed a lot of my time. Um, but I spent quite a bit of time <clears throat> with baseball this past weekend because my my basketball time is. Uh, I mean, really, for the most part. I mean, my my care is now pretty much eliminated. But I was uh, I was watching the Ranger game, uh, the spring training game, the other day before uh, before the Red Raiders and the Longhorns uh, commenced. And I, I got to tell you, Jamie, I'm really disturbed and bothered by the pitch clock in the corner of the screen. I just I don't know that I understand the 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 value of it. I guess. Um, I just am really, I'm just really, to me, baseball was always seen as, you know, in my world, it's timeless or it's supposed to be timeless. You're not really supposed to worry about how long something is or isn't. And and I get that, you know, pitchers have, and, and hitters too, have protracted this problem with, you know, by. Which, um, which broadcast were you watching where you were seeing the pitch clock on the screen? Uh, the Ranger, the Ranger game. Rangers and, and whoever whoever they were playing, I can't remember can't remember who they were playing. Uh, was so it, it was a, a Bally Sports broadcast. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I uh, I've not seen that. I've seen obviously some ESPN spring training games. They didn't have that. Um, uh, I and obviously I've watched a lot of college baseball games, both on TV and in person. And the ones on TV have not had the pitch clock on there. I don't think that's something that the fans need to be seeing. I, agree. I don't think it's necessary to. I don't think it's necessary to be on the screen. Yeah, it was I mean, uh, in the lower lower right corner, and I, I, guess, I guess we do see in the NFL games that it's it's down there. Yeah, I mean, was he it's the shot clock too? I mean, we we do, but I mean, we're used to that. I mean, we're we're used to the play clock for college football or yeah. or the NFL. I just I don't I just I don't like it for for baseball. I, if I feel using, rushed by it. If, if we're using it, you don't want to see it. I just don't want to see it. I I, I feel like that. Um, then let's get rid of the shot like clock this, in basketball. This, this, no, I. It's the same again, rule. Again, I there's a there's a there's a big part of me that always enjoyed the baseball aspect of just the timeless nature of it. and I hate I, to break this to you, Chuck. There's a newsflash going on. That time is over. We've got a pitch clock now. I understand that. If they're going to use it, we should be able to see it on the broadcast. I, I understand. So that it's we like, know if he's being right It's like the last major league game that I went to. There was just there was just so much going on. There wasn't any time just to relax and talk to the person next to you and, you know, enjoy your hot dog or your cold beer. And, I mean, they're just, there was geriatrics every every stoppage of play and i just it just it really bothered me the morning drive podcast from double t 97.3 is presented by cantex roofing and construction you like that don't you live and in color uh yes i i think uh color is better than black and white okay so and a line is definitely better than dead yeah uh yeah. this from red raider two guns ha ha Joey bought a cake from the bakery, so we didn't have to wait for the cake to bake. No box thing for him. He he just went ahead and just went ahead and bought it. Uh, this my guess is that even if he brought all his staff from UNT, there would still be room for Al Pinkins due to a much larger budget. Maybe not as a coach, but recruiting coordinator or quality control. Uh, my guess would be that Al Pinkins isn't going to come here to be that. He's he's a 
he wants to be on the floor coaching would be my would be my guess i'm not going to make any assumptions for the for the gentleman but that's that's my thought there there's also a possibility that somebody on his current staff could be a Mark Adams type guy where he doesn't want to leave and wants to stay at uh, North Texas. Right. And could be his replacement too. Yeah. yeah I mean, no doubt. we don't know what we don't know yet to quote the bowl, the, the old famous Bob Knight. We don't know what we don't know yet. Or some of us just know that we don't know. Yeah. Yeah. There's a definite difference between the people that understand they don't know things and then people in this world that think they know everything. They don't know what they don't know. I, I know that I don't that, know. I'm, there's I'm, definitely uh, you know a line drawn in the sand between those kind of people. Yeah, yeah I, I know that yeah. I don't know. I'd like to, I'd like to know, but I, I know that I don't know. I think I know that I don't know what I don't know. So therefore, I know. Uh, this, you think uh, McCaslin has already interviewed Pinkins as a possible assistant? I think he's probably... Uh, talked to probably a lot of people and is putting together his staff. I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, that's what I think we would want him to be doing, right? Is working on his staff. Right, but I think he's, I think the texter is asking specifically about Al Pinkins. Do you think they've talked? I'll bet you they have. I'll bet you they have. I bet they have. I bet they haven't had a formal interview, but I bet they've talked. That yeah. would be my guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so those, uh, those thoughts right there. Um, okay. Jamie, the uh, Red Raiders take on uh, New Mexico today, and um, is there is there anything that you'd like to? I mean, I know that you want to see a win. I know that you want to see clean baseball. But going going into this game, is there? Do you think there's a an initiative by this team uh, beyond playing clean baseball, beyond winning the game? Is it is it more about the hitting? Is it more about seeing? What uh, Zane Petty can do as a starter? Is it uh, bullpen guys that maybe haven't had a chance to play, or is it maybe some of, some of all of that? I think if this team is going to hit its potential, they've got to find somebody to grab the Sunday spot. Okay, and so I'm not saying a good performance today by Zane Petty um, guarantees that he moves to the Sunday role next week or the week after or anything like that. I'm not suggesting that. Okay, but. I'm saying if Zane Petty puts together another really good performance here in the midweek against uh, a team that's their top, their number seven in the country and runs scored per game, we know that the way the ball carries out here. If Zane pitched well again today, I think he's definitely putting himself in that conversation, and and so maybe he would get that opportunity. So um, first and foremost, for me, I, I'd love to see Zane Petty pitch well today, um, and maybe he gets put into that conversation. Beyond that, I just like to see the team not have to play from uphill all the time. It just felt like, you know, in the Oklahoma State series, both on Friday and Saturday, you were playing up, uphill. You trailed early on on Sunday, but then you, you you had the massive inning and all that good stuff. But then all week weekend long in Austin, it felt like you were, you know, you were trying to to play the game going uphill because you were trailing in all of those games. So. Man, how about get off to a good start and and get out to a, an early lead, maybe so you can relax a little bit. Do you think that becomes a trait of a team that, for whatever reason, they just can't overcome that, and that just becomes part of their DNA and part of their story from season to season? And maybe one year it's different than the other, but for this year, that's just that's just how it's going to go. Which part? The 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 slow start or the 
you know, as you say, playing uphill, which I think is a good way to describe it. I don't know that they've been that way all season long. It just feels like in the last couple of weekends. It's okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is a team that can hit. Man, do you do you think some of those guys are like, here we are in the mountain air, baby. We're going to send this thing over the fence every time. <laughs> you think there's some of that going on? Jamie, <laughs> uh, I'm sure they feel like it's a, a good chance for them to to elevate a ball and let it fly for a while. I'm I'm sure you know that's something that they're you know these hitters are looking forward to. But I don't I, I don't know. <laughs> they're all swinging for the fences every time. Did uh, did Hacks as you guys crossed the state line and got into the mountain air? Did he, was he kind of warming up the audio? Muchacho. Was he doing some of that? The whole way. Was Actually, he? he didn't okay. even wait. He Just as soon as we got in the car, okay. he, he did it for five straight hours. There's probably a little freak in everybody. He um, he was asked on uh, his fine program, uh, The End of the Bench, about uh, the cartoons and things like that. He said it's it's relatively quiet. Is that is that the case? I mean, you guys, not a whole lot of chit-chat as you're... Uh, as you're driving from here to there, we didn't listen to the music. We didn't listen to music at all. We talked the whole time. You guys talked the whole time. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there were two or three minutes here or there where I was staring out into the, you know, to the empty space that is, you know, that that drive. But yeah, for the most part, we talked the whole time. Okay. Um, this I does think... that does that surprise you? A little bit, yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Uh, somebody says this off the Yates Flooring Center chat line. I don't know how long you've been listening, uh, but they said that was the most annoying thing you've ever done, Chuck. Well, humble brag, you know, <laughs> I do this the best. Wow. The <laughs> most annoying thing that I have ever done. I kind of feel like what I kind of kind of feel like that's I, not necessarily the case, okay? Did they miss the last segment? Because I thoroughly enjoyed the last segment where Jeff got confused and gave you credit for saying something that you clearly had not said, and then you took credit for it. Whereas, <laughs> yes, I said it. You know, I thought, well, no well, he said it. He, he said that I said it, so I was like, okay, well, he said that I yeah. said it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I said that. Yeah, no, no, no uh, that was that was more the morning drive to a T right there. Speaking of morning drive to a T, Brian asked this question: Does today count in the four games for Beckel, uh, or is yes. it four conference games? No, it does count, and yeah. he'll be back. He'll be back for uh, Friday night against TCU. That's where you know, just the man, everything going against you at the wrong time. You know, mm-hmm. if you're at a normal week where you're playing two against UTA last week or whatever, then the suspension is over on Saturday and he could have pitched for you and helped you on Sunday. Yeah. You know, but, you know, you didn't, it just happened to be the week where you didn't have a midweek. Sure. And you could have really used one of those games to knock off, you know, one from the suspension list, but oh well. And you also haven't lost any games this year either. Uh, due to weather or a three-game series turning into two in a midweek or something along those lines that you've had in the past, so you couldn't just add a game to your schedule yeah. without taking something Cause off. You know. Yeah, because you're at the limit, right? Yeah, lots of, lots of Red Raider fans were like, hey, how about we schedule 
uh, LCU for a two-day midweek or something right. this week. <laughs> uh, we get this LCU's ch- got their own schedule, I'm sure. Yeah, we get this. Chuck yeah. is, quote, opera man. Thanks, Chuck. I needed that laugh this morning. <laughs> Somebody wants to know, what are the road trips with Finkner and Chuck? Uh, there's, yeah, there's... They don't have road trips. <laughs> they have fly trips. Yeah, we we they talk fly a lot. everywhere. But we yeah. we talk a lot. But we you know we room together. We talk we talk. I mean, I, obviously the flight is for the Lady Raiders. Let's make right. this very clear. But do you also think that maybe some of them think if we've got a ride with Chuck and Fink for six hours someplace, we're gonna go crazy? They they enjoy their time with Mark and I. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T ninety seven three is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Jamie's question of the day on Double T 97.3 is presented by Bizarre Solutions. Call them today for a free cybersecurity audit. All right, Jamie, your question por favor for today, March the 28th. All right, I hope this one is not going to be tough. I think you guys <laughs> will have a, an answer for this one. Well, uh, the answer, whether it's the correct one or not, I don't know. There's not a correct one. Okay. It's, it's just your opinion. Okay, so uh, obviously you've got Oregon coming in during the football season, and yeah. that's a pretty highly anticipated mm-hmm. matchup as far as non-conference goes, okay. right? Yes, sir. Tell me the last non-conference game you've mm. been as excited about as Oregon. <sighs> wow. Okay. Um I think from a road standpoint, it was the follow-up game at Arkansas uh, after Texas Tech got just where they were. I think they're still running over there at Jones Stadium despite the construction. Um, but when you went there and then beat them and then Coach Kingsbury wearing the 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 suit and then having the little, you know, boutonniere kind of deal in his, in his suit for his post-game inter- interview and kind of how he just – beat down Brett Bielema a little bit than the Arkansas coach. So I, I would say the, uh, the the game at Arkansas a few years ago. Okay. See, I wasn't looking forward to that game because of what happened the year before when you played Arkansas here. <laughs> um, man, that's tough. There's not just one that just jumps out at me. Mm-hmm. Like the, the first thing in my head is the Ohio State matchup on the road way back in the way back sure, times. Sure, But, I mean, mm-hmm. that was a money game. I mean, we, we knew what was going to happen going to that. We, had, yeah. we, it was, we walked into that going, we, so we're saying there's a chance kind of in that game. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, man, I'm pretty pumped about this one. It, it's it's hard to, to pick another one that's even close to this. I mean, you've played yeah, I, Houston a couple of times, but. I hate Houston, so yeah. it, it's yeah, well. That's the game you look forward. So, Go ahead. I was going to say, and that did. I was excited for those games because of just exactly what Jeff said. Because I dislike Houston so much, and yeah. so I was definitely excited about mm-hmm. playing them. I I think the the point of my question is that it was or that this really is highly anticipated and one that I just can't you know I I can't remember one that I was this excited about to be completely honest with you. Mm-hmm. And the one, I think the one that Jeff brought up is a good one. Um, the other one that, that popped into my mind was when I was a red Raider and that's when we went to play at Tennessee. 
And so, okay. I mean, we're talking about 1997, yeah. I believe was the year for that mm-hmm. one. Um, and so I feel like it's been that long since I've been this excited about a non-conference game. And it, that was on the road, right? I mean, that was a road game yeah. in, in Knoxville. In, in, right. What about Arizona State season. a few years ago? I want to say 2016-ish. Yeah. I was excited because, you know, you're getting to play those guys again. I don't know if it's the same level as, as the yeah, Oregon you, is. And you've played Arizona in recent years, too. So, oh. that, I mean, those were both those were both good. A couple things from the chat line. People brought up uh, uh, Ole Miss, uh, brought up Nevada, uh, brought up uh, Phillip Rivers uh, here and there. Um Brought up Kentucky from a basketball standpoint. Two people, two different people have. Um, uh, Broccoli Rob says, I don't remember why, but what the details were surrounding it, but I remember being very excited about Ole Miss in Dallas. Um, uh, during the Spike era, we played at, yes, Ohio State, Penn State, Tennessee. They were all exciting games and fun to watch. Uh, I don't believe that's correct. I don't believe. Tennessee had Peyton Manning. Um, yes, they did. They did have yes, Peyton Manning. Did. Okay. Yeah. Which made that game exciting, interesting, but they beat us badly. They did. It was a Labor Day yeah, weekend. It was close um, to late in the first half. You lost 52-17. Okay. It was on August August the 30th. Okay. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, I, I in, terms of a, in terms of a home game, um, you know, when you talk about non-conference, man, this is as this is as big as you've had in uh, in quite some time. I mean, before my time, people would remember uh, Miami coming to town um, with a young Michael Irvin. Um, I want to say USC came here and played um, in the um, in the eighties. That's uh, that's before my time as well. Um, so that you know, I think uh, I think you know playing Oregon here. I think it'll be, I think it'll be really, really fun to go to the stadium to kind of see a big time football game that doesn't involve a Big Twelve game. Oh, uh, so, so uh, question number two: uh-huh. What's your confidence level in that game? <sighs> On a scale of one to ten, where are you? Scale of one to ten, I'd say six. I'm somewhere between okay. six and a half and seven. Yeah, I'd say about a six. Oh. I don't know. I don't know what Oregon has. So, to be quite honest yeah. with you, I don't know what they. I don't know what they return. Um, I would tell you, just as we're sitting here, I, there's a concern about going to Wyoming just because you're going so far away and you're playing, and and that I'm sure that Wyoming. I'm sure on on Cowboy ninety seven three this morning there'd be like, you know. Um, Bobby's question of the day, because it seems like a lot of Cowboys would be named Bobby. Bobby's question <laughs> of the day um, for Sam. It's Sam and Bobby doing the morning drive on Cowboy 97.3. Uh, Bobby's question of the day would be, Sam, are you as excited about Texas Tech coming to Laramie as anybody has ever come to Laramie? I think we'll at, at which point Sam, Sam would, would have to say, uh, we're going there, Bobby. Sam would say, we're, we're going there, Bobby. <laughs> um, yeah, I also say this. Because the game is here and the success that you had at home last year, 
I am more confident. Laramie, Jeff. Huh? That game is in Laramie. The Oregon game? The Wyoming game. Oh, the Wyoming game. Sorry, I'm thinking the Oregon game. I'm Oregon in my head. Um, the the uh, the uh, lost my train of thought. The my confidence level in the Oregon game this season also comes to the fact that you're playing at home with the success that you had at home last year. Mm. That doesn't mean anything, but I'm pretending that it does for the moment. Uh, both if you guys are inter- if you guys are interested, my answer is my confidence level is at about a five. Five. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think Oregon's um, going to be pretty I assume they're going to be pretty good again this year. Uh, let's see. Uh, Bullfighter reports that we've had a change in hosts there at Cowboy 97.3. It's, uh, <laughs> it's Buck and Wyatt. That's probably – those are better names. Thank you, Bullfighter. <laughs> Buck and Wyatt be the, be the <laughs> names there. <laughs> uh, Shelly says, the Oregon game is not in Laramie. I was so confused. Right. Oregon game is here. The Wyoming is We're there. We're not meeting halfway in between. We're not. No, it's not a neutral site. <laughs> and you really, in today's college football, just said you're worried because it's a long ways away. It's a long road trip. Yeah. You got that mountain air up there, all that kind of stuff. I mean, they put them on a plane, Chuck. I know. I know, Jamie. They're not going to be. They're not going to bus them there. <laughs> I know, I know. But it's a it's a long trip for him. <sighs> this is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T ninety seven three, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. From the First United Bank Studio, look forward to hearing from you today on the Yates Flooring Center chat line and the Visual Edge IT hotline. That number is eight zero six. Seven seven one zero nine seven three. We get this this morning uh, for you, Jamie. Uh, it's a very nice, very nice tech text. It says uh, basically, uh, Jamie, what is the mood of the Texas Tech uh, baseball team? I don't know if you've had a chance to visit with anyone yet, but then encourages you to have a nice day. So I thought that was I thought was very nice of them. Yeah. Hashtag yeah, anytime, yeah, anytime you're sending a text to me and it finishes with a, a quote from a Bon Jovi song, I'm always going to appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, it, Chuck, you could probably speak to this, too, being around the Lady Raiders or whatever. But I, I just the more I've done this, the more I come to realize that the kids, quote unquote, the young men. Uh, the players get over it way faster than the the coaches and mm-hmm. probably the radio guys do. I'm not saying it doesn't bother them. I'm not saying they're not disappointed by it. I'm not saying it doesn't hurt. I'm not saying they don't care. I'm not saying any of those things. But I think those guys move on quicker than, yeah. you know, you can see the coaches sit there, you know, just kind of questioning themselves with decisions they make. What if I had done this? What if I had played this guy? What if I pinch it here? What if, what if we'd played a, you know, different defense and, you know, gone to a zone instead of a, you know, man to man, whatever, depending on the sport that we're talking about. And the players take a little time and then they just kind of move on. And that's just kind of how they do it. And maybe it's because they don't want to get in their own heads and get too down about it or, you know, and then you start losing confidence or whatever, but they move on. 
And um, I, I so to answer the question, I, I've seen a few of the players. They seem fine. They didn't seem – I didn't have long conversations with them or anything, but they didn't seem like they were down or anything <laughs> like that. Um, I, I, I would guess this is a team that's anxious to get a win um, and start feeling good about things again and get to this weekend where they can start doing something about their conference record. But at the same time, I don't think they – I don't think they drug themselves in here into Albuquerque and were like, man, I hope we can somehow find a way here. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, I don't think their, their dauber is down or anything like okay. that. Good. I'm glad, glad to know the daubers are up, but I, I think I would, I would agree with you. Um, because I, w- I think I was amazed on my first trip 10 years ago when, you know, we won on the way home. It wasn't, you know, this kind of just happy chatty. Cath, you know, so to speak, you know, chatter. I mean, it was pretty much everybody just got on the uh, plane and then they, they all kind of settled in and there wasn't really that much banter. And then, you know, always observed coaches or assistant coaches or, you know, you know, video people kind of putting stuff together for the next game or scouting the next game, uh, looking ahead to the next game um, to get them to get them ready. So always, I've always kind of been... Uh, Fascinated by the the preparation work that that takes place, and then the the transformation, you know, after uh, after a loss. This was different this past week uh, because this was the first time uh, where I've been on the road with the team, or we've been on the road with the team, or I've come home with the team after a season ending loss. There've been, uh, I'd say that's that's not necessarily true. I've I've done that before in the Big Twelve, but this was different because it was tournament play, and there was just a different level of excitement and. Um, you know, they just started getting ramped up, you know, as you're getting into the third round of a, of a postseason tournament and trying to advance on to, to play for the right to be amongst the final four teams, uh, there in the NIT. So it was, it was a, it was a little bit different this time. Uh, let's see. Um, Let's see. This from the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Chuck, the average person might be able to tell that Texas Tech is building something because it is being built at the Texas Tech Stadium, or are people not that smart? They need a logo to tell them. <laughs> yeah, they're not that smart. I can go ahead and tell you that. They would think the cranes are just in the way. Never underestimate the stupidity of the average person. Wow. Uh, Shelly says this, a terrible pick on my commute this morning, but you're right, Chuck. Never would have noticed the Red Raider Club on it. And then she calls me Eagle Eyes Hines. Wow. Ooh. Eagle Eye. Chuck, geography lesson time. Laramie is closer to Lubbock than Morgantown, Provo, Cincinnati, and Orlando. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Uh, I think that gets us, for the most part, caught up on the Yates Learning Center chat line. There's, uh, there's other other thoughts as well. Uh, somebody says this. Hope the team responds today, Jamie. Hashtag living on a prayer. Okay, there you go. Do you get that? Uh, it's a song, right? It's a line from remember, a song. Remember, I just said. A yeah, no, ago, yeah, you anytime, did. Right, yeah, anytime no. you finish off with a Bond yeah. movie lyric, yeah. it's going to be a good text. Yeah, right. That was another one. Well, very well played, Oil Red Raider. Very well played. Yeah, I enjoyed that. that yeah, no, that I, gave me a chuckle. <laughs> I knew that. I knew that that was what that was referenced to. Yes. Yes, I did. All right. Uh, this from the Dallas Morning News. Okay. The headline, Jamie, 10 reasons the 2023 Texas Rangers will make the playoffs. And in the headline, it says depth, coaching, and a true ace. All right. 
the real ace that they're talking about is Jacob DeGrom, who they say an elite pitcher whose performance is still at the top of its game. However, they immediately bring up the questions about him, uh, health and durability, not ability. I guess it would be more of his availability. Um, how uh, how confident are you in him being able to uh, to last an entire season for the Rangers? Oh, I would guess he'll miss some time. That's I mean, it seems like the large majority of pitchers miss a little bit of time during the season. Okay, but I mean, I'm I'm decently confident that he'll be there for most of the year for you. Okay, uh, they also cite a legitimate rotation um, beyond him. Uh, the Rangers. They say have stacked up veteran starters who don't beat themselves. A rotation that has more than nine hundred career starts, uh, including Martin Perez or Perez, who was the nation the Rangers' best pitcher in twenty twenty two, now pitching out of the number five hole in this rotation. Yeah, that's good because I don't expect Perez to be as good as he was last year. I mean, he was really good last year, but that hasn't been been who he's been in his career yeah um you know and and the other thing too is um you know the 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 rangers at the trade deadline last year elected not to trade him um so maybe that maybe that pays off for him if they're if they're making a run of a guy that can you know have some ability in in august and september to you know stop a you know keep him in contention or whatever this has been the Morning Drive Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at double T 97.3.com.